Morning all, last day of January, January 31, the big sports breakfast, Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, wherever and however you are listening, good morning for a lot of people. It is, uh, well, back to school, back to school for the pupster and uh, all the mums and dads out there putting the kids on the buses, etc. Loza, the Coroni had a lot of feedback yesterday. I saw one in the back of the fridge last night, though. I forgot to have a look to see where it was brewed. But oh, you uh, didn't have a look? No, I didn't have a look. Right. Yeah, it was too far back. There was a lot of stuff to get through. Right. Well, but, yeah. I'm sure everyone has got their own opinion on their Corona beers and what they will do going forward. But I'll be looking out exclusively for the ones that are made in Mexico. The brown box. The brown box. How are you, pup? Good morning, boys. Happy Wednesday. Uh, yeah, it's a big week in a lot of households, Mido. Um, in New South Wales, kids are back at school. Um, love my daughter to bits, but thank God, <laughs> Daddy daycare's out of uh, out of ideas. Um, what was yeah. the most creative thing you came up with? Would you say in the last six weeks? Oh, it's not really creative, but I got to a stage where my my little girl she doesn't she loves sport, she likes being active, but she just if it's like it's been, it's been quite humid the last week, the last couple of weeks. So she doesn't want to go for. I like going for a walk or get her on the scooter or get her on the bike, just something during the day. But because it's been so humid, she hasn't wanted to. So, um, she sees me go own a gym at the house. So she sees me go to the gym every day, and she's not a fan. I can't really get her into the gym very often. Mm. Maybe occasionally, just to, like she's eight, just to mess around. So. I took her down the road. There's a shop just down the road that sells like kids sports attire. You know, you, they see she sees a mum wearing the uh, bike shorts or the long nah, leggings right. and a sport top. So the active wear. I tried, I tried the, the reverse theory. I went and bought her the outfit first to see if that'd get her into the gym. Now she's on the treadmill every day. She's become what a is she? no, eight. Eight. She's become a gym junkie. Oh, so. Geez. Which I I'd like I like her to do some sort of active thing every single day because I I'm not that disciplined with what she eats. I'm like same as when I was a kid. I didn't love my veggies. I like spoiling her with you know eat some chocolate or lollies or ice cream for dessert. How many eight year olds and, love their veggies? Yeah, I know. And school holidays as well. So my theory is a little bit like myself. Let's burn a few cows so we can put them in. So <laughs> mate, now she's every day. Yesterday she was telling me to go to the gym. Um, so yeah, you mate, but you try everything. We spent, this summer was unreal. We spent so much time, beach, pool, uh, family. I had her cousins. She's, she loves seeing her cousins on both sides, Kylie's side and, and my side as well. So, and single child as well. So I think that's probably what she misses the most when she's at school. She's with all the friends. So my goal this summer was to make sure she's around cousins, school friends, family as much as we could. So, but like I say. Man, it's not rainbows and butterflies. You, you run out of ideas and you're sitting there thinking, oh, what's today going to bring? Um, bring on school, for sure. Bring on race one, number one today on the Kenzo track at Ramwick. has uh, been well documented in the News Corp press by Ray Thomas and others as well. But Matt Damon, Hollywood superstar, has, uh, well, he's in the ownership of a horse called Dale, and uh, it's named after Dale Doback for, for all the Step Brothers fans out there. Uh, one of the great movies, great comedies. 
uh, as apparently it's the movie that he and his 17-year-old daughter love watching together. So they named the horse Dale, and it's been, well, as, as of last night, was 16 into $6. So Matt Damon has a horse running on the Kenzo today. Got to get him on the show, surely, at some point. Uh, but on Foxy Cleopatra Laws, what's the latest? What have you got for us there with the Foxster? Uh, she should be back soon. I'm thinking... It's Feb 10 a Saturday. I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got Feb 10 in my mind. Right. I reckon Feb 6 is a Saturday. Feb 6. I think she's... Oh, uh, no, no. No, sorry. Feb I'm thinking March. Saturday. Feb 10 is yeah. a Saturday. Sorry, March. Well, she's making a return then. So it's Saturday week. Saturday week. Okay. Around the corner. Wherever they're racing right. on the 10th. I received an email early in the week. She had a trial... Must have been yesterday, so I would have received another email at some point, either last night or yesterday or today. I'll get one. She had a trial yesterday. Was going to have a trial, and the plan was to. There's a race. I think it's a listed race or a Group Three race over sixteen hundred. Yeah, it's the the Carline Cup. That's I reckon. the one. That's the one. The Carline Cup over the mile, two hundred thousand dollar race, Caulfield. Caulfield. It's on, uh, well, it's the All that States that bell. day. That rings a bell. Prelude, Blue Diamond yeah. Prelude Day down there. So Saturday week, Carline Cup, keep an eye out. And considering what she did first up, first up at Flemington, mm. which I think was that over the mile as well. It was over the mile. We weren't expecting her to do too much first up. But she flew home. So mm. I, I don't know. We've always under the impression that she was always going to be better further. So 16, 1,600 was going to be a touch too short. But the way that she she finished that race mm. um, suggested that that is not too short and um, good starting point for the autumn. We might have to keep an eye on that all-in market for the Carline Cup when it comes out uh, next week then. By the way, uh, the Socceroos, their opponents in the quarterfinals of the Asian Cup still being decided. And this match between Saudi Arabia and South Korea looks headed to to penalties. It's very deep into extra time. And it was high drama at the end of normal time because Saudi Arabia took the lead just after halftime, led 1-0. And then in the ninth minute of 10 minutes stoppage time, South Korea have scored. Uh, so hence it went to extra time. And here we are on the cusp of penalties between Saudi Arabia and South Korea. Big, big advantage for the Socceroos. Massive advantage. They played two, what, two on the extra, Yeah, two, two extra days rest, plus this game's gone to extra time. Yeah. The old no excuses. Well, a lot of people are saying we haven't played our best, but we've been winning. And that's all you can do at a tournament. But we need to step it up another gear in the quarterfinal. But... Um, both these sides, whoever gets through, are going to be stronger opposition than we've faced. But hopefully the Socceroos can get through to that semi-final stage. You know? And, and, and that would be a pass mark if we get through to the semi-finals, at least. Definitely. You know, we definitely want to try and win it. But if we can get through to the semi-final, you'd say that's a pass mark. We've got Bulldog in this morning, just after 7 o'clock, back for the year. Uh, of course, co-hosted the Sunday show. Lee Breers as well, Broncos assistant coach, who had a decorated career there at Warrington over a couple of decades, uh, moved 
out here with his family. He went and was an assistant at Wigan and then moved out here with his family ahead of last season. And, of course, uh, well, he's the Broncos' attacking coach, so... He's got some uh, stars at his disposal, to say the least. So he'll he'll speak to us just after 8 o'clock this morning. And uh, they're on the second line of betting behind the Panthers, as you'd expect. And uh, we'll continue our season previews as well. And the Dragons are up today. So we'll get Loz's thoughts on the Dragons. We've had a bit of a weird off-season. Had all that situation around Ronald Volkman, but new coach there, Shane Flanagan. Uh, so we'll deep dive into the Dragons and their predicament for season 2024 as well today. Uh, just uh, Wayne Bennett, we were speaking about him yesterday, one of the big headlines all year. Uh, will certainly be what Wayne does in 2025 with Christian Wolf taking over at the Dolphins from next season. And uh, already reports that uh, the Dolphins coach, he's applied to take over from Michael Maguire as New Zealand coach, and he's had previous history around uh, New Zealand Rugby League. 74 years of age now. He has confirmed he is keen. Uh, the New Zealand Rugby League wants to make a call by the end of February. So a month away. They want to make a call on who their next coach is. It'll be interesting because they're seemingly, when Michael Maguire got the New South Wales job loss, it seemed like some of the old boys over there was, were really pushing for one of their own. And the likes of Stacey Jones and Nathan Kalis are in the mix for mm. this. So it'll be interesting. I mean, Wayne Bennett, we know Wayne Bennett's Wayne Bennett with all those credentials and it's experience. It's pretty hard to say no to Wayne Bennett uh, when he offers himself up. You'd take a chance on a young rookie coach. Yes, I'd prefer, this is me just speaking out aloud, if you had the right person to coach New Zealand being a Kiwi, I think that would be the way to go. But if you haven't got someone there as good as what you can take up, and that is to give Wayne Bennett the opportunity to coach New Zealand, I think you'd be mad not to. Wayne is obviously looking for a, a job at the end of this year. Uh, whether that would be enough to satisfy him or not, I don't know. Um, but I think that he's had previous success there. He knows and has the respect of the playing group. I think he would be an ideal candidate. Question here from Doc on where Pretty Wild is, but uh, she's been sold. She's off to make some babies. She's, yes, enjoying herself. Mm. There you go. Mm. Two wins. We got a thrill out of it. Oh, yeah. Then I'll have to go again, won't I? <laughs> Once you pop, you can't stop. Your favourite chips, you know, yeah. Pringles. I've got someone tweeted me about them too, saying they saw someone eating them in public. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Dog gone. Uh, Bulldog story on the back page of the Daily Telegraph today. Mission complete. Gus takes no prisoners prisoners in record player cull. And uh, this story just about how the Bulldogs of 2021, no player from the top 30 squad of that year remains. That is how quick and how brutal uh, the turnover of that roster has been. But when they got Phil Gould in, etc. That was always going to happen, Loz, wasn't it? They were going. They, they needed to turn that roster over at the time. Well, something they were in had a to deep, change. dark hole, and uh, that's what's happened. Yeah, something's had to change, and it's no surprise with Gus going in there, and that's what he was signed on to do. He's a he's a guy that wants to make change. He wants to try and get there uh, as quickly as what he possibly can, but he knows that it's not a snap your fingers and you get the job done. It's about a building process they have to go through. They've got to turn that roster over. They've got to make sure that they strengthen their pathways. They create more opportunities. 
Um, and I think they were quoted in the paper there as saying that they're relying on their young talent coming through their academy system. So the Bulldogs, I still think it'll be a, another um, tough year for them, um, but I think they'll improve on last year. Um, you know, I think that no one expected what happened last year to them. Uh, they conceded plenty of points defensively. They were shocking. Um, but I reckon this year, with another year of experience from the coach, uh, getting more senior hardened NRL players into the squad, uh, I think that's a bonus for the Bulldogs. Uh, the Wayne Bennett stories back page of the Daily Telly as well. Bennett back in black is the headline there. It's also on the back page of the Courier Mail. Benny back in black. Uh, Dolphins coach leads charge for Kiwi job. Back page of the Australian as well. Coaching feud may reignite as Kiwis shortlist Bennett for top job. Uh, looking at a potential Mal Meninga v Wayne Bennett. Australia v New Zealand coaching matchup should that eventuate. Uh, heading towards the 2026 Rugby League World Cup as well. Also, back page of the Sydney Morning Herald today. Look who's turned up at Tiger Town. A story here about how Greg Inglis has been brought in just as sort of a mentor to Jareem Buller. And that, that's a good move from the Tigers. Uh, young uh, fullback who we saw just you know, take, well, in his rookie year, really take the NRL by storm, considering how inexperienced he was and the impact that he had lost. Yeah, and playing in the Tigers team that wasn't doing so well. Um, obviously got an opportunity, took that opportunity, and now he signed a, a massive deal going forward with the Tigers. Uh, what better player or ex-player to have as a role model and a mentor? Greg Inglis. You know, he he was one of the, the game's best fullbacks, uh, great fullbacks, I should say. Uh, Is he no longer with South, Inglis? I thought he was doing some stuff for South, wasn't he? Uh, he was. I, I don't know. I don't know. I know he's got a relationship with Shane Richardson, so mm. it might have been... Uh, the CEO who got him in to do some work. I think it's just a mentoring role. I don't know whether it's a, a paid gig where you, you're going to be there for you know, two or three days a week a part of the coaching staff. I, I think it's more just pop in when you get a bit of time and mm. take this young bloke under your wing, talk to him if you've got a bit of time and if you could pop in once a week or once a fortnight or whatever it may be when you've got some time, uh, we'd, we'd, we'd obviously love to have you here. Melbourne Storm, also on the back page of the Herald today. Struggle with self-doubt sparked slump. Munster, Kebron Munster talking about how uh, his confidence took a hit even after, well, Queensland's origin triumph in game three. Yeah, he said sure. He's, his knee gave him issues over time, but he also uh, has been working with the club's uh, psychologist throughout the off-season to ensure he's mentally in a good spot uh, and believing in himself to make an impact in 2024. Saw on the news last night, Channel 9 as well, Ryan Pappenhausen, uh, he's expecting to play in one of the team's trial games and should be back for round one. They've got Penrith and uh, noting the Storm's round one record, of course. They haven't lost in round one for, what, 20-something years now since Craig Bellamy took over as coach. And they got the Premiers in round one, but it uh, looks like Pappenhausen will be back for that. Oh, that's a big bonus for the Storm. You can get sure. Pappenhausen back into the team. But you're right with Munster. I thought Munster, he dropped off his form last year. It looked like he second-guessed himself a lot, and that's not like Cameron Munster. Munster's one of these guys that just plays what he sees. Um, yes, he's got a bit of structure to his game, but when he's just got the ball in his hands, he's moving across field, and then all of a sudden he does the unexpected. That's what we've come to see from, from Munster, but we didn't see a lot of it last year. 
Uh, I don't know why that was the case. But the Melbourne Storm, while they, I think they finished third last year. Mm. That was a great effort because their forwards got smashed. When they came up against big, aggressive teams, they, oh. their middles were, 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 were getting hammered or their forward packs. So that's an area of their game they've got to improve uh, if they want to compete against the likes of a, a Broncos or a, a Penrith in particular. Well, in they the got murdered final. in that preliminary that's final. That's preliminary mm. final. Yeah. Uh, you know, Fisher-Harris and, and Leota. Uh, Spencer Lina, they were just too big and f- strong for them. Also a story about the Melbourne Rebels on the back page of the Herald. Rebels vow to fight on field despite club strife. So they've been placed into voluntary administration officially. There's no guarantees beyond this season. They start their campaign in Super Rugby against the Brumbies at Amy Park on Feb 23. Uh, they're in million dollars of debt and its chairman has stood down and uh, that looks ominous. As far so they'll get through this season because the license has been handed back to, to Rugby mm. Australia. Well, they haven't got the money, Rugby Australia. They can get them through this year, as they've said. But there has been some talk about the Brumbies possibly moving to Melbourne, but that or some like, sort of merger. Well, some sort of merger, but I think they wanted the Brumbies to move. I think they wanted okay. a footprint in Melbourne, and I don't think that that will be the case now. I think the Brumbies will certainly hold their own. Well, as you know, Laws Canberra people will walk away from that. Oh, they wouldn't support it. No. If you're only playing two or three games a year there. Mm. Um, but I can understand why you'd want a team in Melbourne. Uh, what's the second biggest state in Australia? Um, well, the population of Melbourne, there. they reckon, is taking over Sydney pretty soon. Mm. So, you know, I, I think if you've got a national competition, you've got to have a, a team... In, in Melbourne. Um, but, yeah, the Brumbies wouldn't support having two or three games mm. a year down in Canberra. But it's been long talked about, well, pretty much since expansion in Super Rugby happened, do we have the cattle to support five professional rugby teams in Australia at the provincial level? Well, it might be a blessing. It might be a blessing that the, the Rebels fold and they don't have to get rid of a team because we saw what happened with over there in Perth. Mm. Um they were disappointed, disenchanted, a um, lot of backlash uh, from that decision to get rid of that team. But they're now back into the competition. But I still think if you've, if you've got a, a rugby union or a super rugby uh, competition, you'd, you'd think you'd need a team in Melbourne, wouldn't you? Yeah, the thing is it's never been greatly supported. Perth always had a following. The Force have always had this sort of niche following over there. Mm. The Rebels just... <laughs> Initially, when it first started, yeah, they used to get success. twelve to 15,000. Yeah. Now, oh, not many going to those games. Tonight, Pup, the Allen Border medal's on. One of your favourites. tonight, is it? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Long oh, Marsh to medal. No, Will it be Mitch Perfect? Headline back page of the Courier Mail. Mitch Marsh is the one talked about as probably getting the AB medal contender. tonight. contender. I think Mitch Marsh, Paddy Cummins, uh, Usman Kawadra, I think, is a guarantee for Test Player of the Year. Uh, he didn't play the shorter forms, but Mitch has had success in yeah in all formats. Um, yeah, interesting. Oh, look, I, it's the fact it's named after Alan Border that plays a significant part in how special it is. Don't get me wrong. I I was just never a big one for individual accolades. Um, yes, it's special. Yes, you're grateful. Yes, you're you know you're proud of your achievements. But generally, when we had it as well, it was very hard to celebrate because you were either taken off for 
a tour the mm. next day, or Still you had, had games. You to had go. a game the next day or the yeah. day after. You had to get on a plane and go. So it wasn't really like I think the players would love it to be end of season drink celebrate the year we just had. But when is the end of season? Well, that's that's the that's the thing now, and, and has been for a long time. There's just so much cricket, and the boys have got a one day around the corner. So I can't imagine too many of them having a big night. Um, but I right, good luck to to everyone, and and congratulations to to anyone that wins. Um, that win something tonight, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a huge, huge twelve months um, for the Aussie boys. So it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top. But yeah, I think Mitch Marsh is um, well. Mitch is the favourite, isn't he? Well, Steve Smith won his fourth last year, and that equaled your good self and Ricky Ponting. So for the, because the award's been going, I think since two thousand, and it's good that you know a national sport should have. An annual awards night. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. Uh, it's all on tonight. I believe hard it's on to win Fox if you're not KO. playing all three formats. Need all three formats. I think that's. Yep. I think that's the only thing about it that. But but that's even that. That's okay if you play like Usman Khawaja, for example, only plays Test cricket at the moment, or Nathan Lyon only plays Test cricket at the moment. There's still you know that accolades there for Test cricket, but very hard to win the Allen Border Medal. If you're only playing one full. Socceroos will be playing South Korea in the quarterfinals of the Asian Cup after a dramatic penalty shootout. Loz's favourite player, Son Hyung Min, who of course plays for Tottenham under Ange, scored the first penalty for the Koreans. And uh, they've won that shootout 4-2 after high drama at the end of normal time with Saudi Arabia leading 1-0. In the ninth minute of stoppage time, South Korea equalised, so off to extra time they went. No goals there. Shootout, 4-2, won by South Korea. So, Socceroos v South Korea uh, in the final eight, the quarterfinals of the Asian Cup. So, that's got to favour the Socceroos, considering they've just gone through. Well, they've got two extra days rest, and uh, this match has gone to a penalty shootout. You never write off the South Koreans, Mido. With who is he? Son Min. Son Hyung Min. Yeah, good player, <laughs> goal scorer. I had mail that the Saudi Arabians. Yeah, you well, did they, have mail. You know, Bad mail. Well, at four dollars fifty, I was pretty mm. confident in the eighth minute of stoppage time. Yeah, you might have been. Might have been, but I can stop anything. Anything. Mm. They've got plenty of run in them, South Korea. Mm. That's what I've noticed. Right, up and down the field. We might come, transition well. We might come back to your thorough analysis mm. of their side with Phil Moss actually later yeah. this week. Yep. How are you, Dick? Doing well, boys. Doing well. We got a fun matchup coming up in a couple of weeks. So fun. Uh, let's get to the fallout from Championship Sunday, though. And uh, Kansas City 17 10 over Baltimore. Baltimore laid an egg. Dick, simple as that, didn't they? They did. And. When we talked right before the game, you know, we, we talked about how Lamar Jackson needed to prove that he can raise his game in the playoffs. And to that point, he had not proven that he could raise his game in the playoffs. And, I mean, he was he was worse than I could have even imagined. Um, and now in six playoff games, Lamar Jackson is two and four. He has six total touchdowns, six interceptions, and six fumbles. I mean, that's just, that's unbelievable for a guy that's going to win the MVP award. And, you know, across the way from him, you have a guy in Patrick Mahomes 
that is very, very good in the regular season, but just takes his game to an astronomical level when the playoffs come in. And and there's those, I mean, he is he is at Tom Brady level when it comes to the playoffs. I mean, there is a very, very, it's really Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Patrick Mahomes. Those are the three quarterbacks in the last 40 years that just took their game to a completely different level when January and February hit. And it's it's just really fun to watch. Dick, I'd imagine it's the same over there, but in Australia particularly, I think that is how our greats are judged as well. Yes, yeah. you've got to make the finals. I know that's very important, but to go to that next level, to, to be a Hall of Famer or to be a great in Australia, it's when you're under maximum pressure in the biggest games that you would judge the hardest. That's exactly right. And that's, you know, that's the whole, you know, Jordan LeBron debate, right? Yep. I mean, uh, people look at Jordan and they say, well, he's won. He's, he's six and oh in championship games. And that's true. I mean, he's six and oh in championship games. Now the people that would side with LeBron say, well, wait a second, you know, LeBron's won his conference championship 10 times. And, and Michael Jordan lost a lot more times in the, in the conference championship game. Didn't even make the finals like LeBron did. So, mm. you know, LeBron fans would say LeBron is being held uh, it's being held against LeBron that he made so many finals because he's not perfect like Jordan is. But uh, you're right. It's it's who can take their game to that next level. Those are the all-time greats. I mean, Lamar Jackson is going to find himself into the Hall of Fame even if he doesn't win another playoff game because his numbers are just too ridiculous to keep him out of the Hall of Fame. But to to reach the level of – there's Hall of Famers and then there's all-time greats. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes is absolutely on the trajectory of Tom Brady and going to be, if not already, in the conversation as greatest quarterback ever to play the game. Dick, in the last two years, who's been the biggest underachiever or biggest disappointment? Has it been Buffalo or Baltimore? Oh, that's a great question. And I would throw the Chargers in that mix as well. Um, because because the Chargers have had Justin Herbert and haven't even really even been able to make any dent in, in the playoffs. At least Buffalo and and Baltimore have won a few playoff games, but uh, those are certainly the three. Um, I think probably Buffalo because I think there's an expectation level that uh, that Josh Allen would be able to uh, you know kind of rise above it all and and you know beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs and get to the Super Bowl I don't know if there's been quite that level of expectation on Baltimore so but it's a very good question I mean uh, they have both really really underachieved when uh, the you know what hit the fan at the end of the year that's for sure. 34-31, 34-31, what a match it was, the 49ers in Detroit. Detroit led 24-7 at halftime. Uh, on the text line, Jono from Mudgee here says, Hi, Dick, Dan Campbell, the Lions coach, blew it. These coaches purely basing play calls on analytics is rubbish. He kicks the field goals on fourth down. He wins the game. It's pure math. How did you see it? I'm not sure that was Jono texting. I think that was Dick Fain on my radio show yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I basically said the same exact thing. And, uh, you know, Dan Campbell's to be lauded for his strengths. Um, he has come in and been far more successful as the head coach of the Lions than I ever anticipated. And it just happened in a snap of a finger. I mean, you go, you go look back. Dan Campbell's first year, they were terrible. His second year, they were one and six to start the season. I mean, he was dead man walking at the middle of last year. And then all of a sudden, 
it just went through the roof and they could basically not lose a game over the next year and a half. But Dan Campbell's issue has always been his aggressiveness. We've talked about this with Brandon Staley and the Chargers, and it cost Brandon Staley his job. Now, Dan Campbell has been able to win an, uh, you know, an extra playoff game that Brandon Staley hasn't, and that's going to keep his job. But these hyper-aggressive, I-have-to-go-for-it coaches, there's times to go for it, and there's times not to go for it. And in that situation, when you got to think of how many scores are you down? How many possessions is it going to take for the opposition to come back and tie or take the lead? And that, that's almost as important as how many points you're ahead in the game. Um, they were up by 14. They had held the 49ers to a field goal that cut it from 17 to 14 after halftime. They got the ball. They marched down the field, got into reasonable field goal range, and they could answer the 49ers field goal with a field goal and get back up to 17 and have that momentum back a little bit because you could start to feel the momentum starting to turn towards San Francisco a little bit in that second half. The moment they decided to go for it, I was thinking, oh, no. If they don't, if they don't get this, this momentum completely swings to San Francisco's side. And it did. And from that point forward, it was like an avalanche. It was that first little snowball that gets kicked off the hill. And it just started rolling downhill on Dan Campbell. And it was just, it was, it was miserable for the Lions. And yes, I do believe that decision cost Detroit the game. And uh, our friend, uh, our friend John there in the studio can uh, thank Dan Campbell that his 49ers are going to the playoffs, or going to the Super Bowl. Uh, Dick, I, I can't believe that the Kansas City Chiefs aren't favourite in the Super Bowl. They're $2.10 outsiders, <laughs> $1.74 San Francisco. I want San Francisco to win, and I'll be supporting them. Oh. They're my team. Um, but Please. are you surprised with that? Well, I think what Vegas is doing is they're, they're, they're relying on the analytics. They're kind of doing what Dan Campbell's doing, right? All the Vegas power rankings all season long have said San Francisco's the best team in, the, in football. I've told you all season long, San Francisco is the best team in football. But there are two players over the last 25 years that break the model, that can take teams that aren't as good and make them be the better team. And that's Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. And so I'm making a simple decision on this game because if I'm holding a Kansas City ticket and San Francisco happens to win, I'll just say, you know what? I put my money on Patrick Mahomes and they didn't win. I'm not, you know, I'm not killing myself for that. If I'm holding a San Francisco ticket, particularly after what Patrick Mahomes just did to the Ravens, if I'm holding a San Francisco win ticket in the Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes wins the game, I'm looking in the mirror and saying, you're just an idiot. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing betting against Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl? I don't want to have that on my uh, conscience, so I have already placed my wager on the Super Bowl on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs plus one and a half. Yeah, I guess the parallel you could make, Dick, is the Philadelphia-New England Super Bowl a few years ago when Nick Foles, obviously, in Philly, they beat Tom Brady, but New England couldn't stop anybody that day in defense, whereas this Kansas City side, their defense is outstanding. Absolutely. That's a great point. I, just, I, I put a little nugget out on, uh, on Twitter about an hour ago. Um, I, I mentioned the, the three teams that Kansas City has gotten through to, to get to the Super Bowl. have uh, They were the third, fourth, and sixth best offenses in the league. And they averaged, I think it was 
gosh, what was it? Almost 85 points, something like that. I'll check the tweet again. Almost about 85 points a game combined. Kansas City has held them to 41 total points in the playoffs. And I see Kansas City doing that to San Francisco. I don't think I don't think the winner of this game gets above 24. So I'm already looking at the under in this game. I'm looking at low 20s winning this football game cuz Kansas City's offense or defense is tremendous. They will they will force Brock Purdy to try to beat them. I'm not sure if Brock Purdy can. And then on the flip side, it's not like Kansas City's offense is a juggernaut. They came out red hot in that game and the and the Mahomes Kelsey combination was unstoppable in the first half. But then Baltimore's defense adjusted, and I don't think Kansas City runs up a ton ton of points in this game either on San Francisco's defense. So I think this is going to be a hard-fought, defensive, close football game. Sorry, Pop, the private jet parking at Vegas is officially sold out for Super Bowl weekend. Matt's busy. What do you want? What do you want to do? Is is Taylor going to get there, Dick? I think so. Yeah, Yeah, she's she's got enough time. They're already charting her flight from Japan. Uh, I think she's got something like uh, 36 hours to get from Japan to Vegas for the game. So uh, I don't think there's going to be any any problem. What's I would the, be shocked talk? if this wasn't. Sorry, what's mate, that? Sorry, what's the talk over there with, you know, like the camera's panning to her all the time. I know she wasn't happy. But for, for me, when I watch it, I, I want them to show the footballers. I don't want them to show Taylor Swift in the stands. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not that much. I mean, our, uh, one of our Fox hosts uh, here, Colin Coward, I just uh, heard him on his show f- about an hour or so ago, and he was he was going through the amount of time each game that they show Taylor Swift, and on average, it's about twenty seconds for the whole game. So, I mean, I don't I don't really know what you're missing on the field when they're showing Taylor Swift. I mean, you're you're probably missing Patrick <laughs> Mahomes in a huddle for yeah. eight seconds. Uh, you're certainly that. not missing any game action. <laughs> oh, gee, you're. Poo pooing at laws. Yeah. Well, no, I just Taylor don't think they need to go to Taylor all the time. No, they don't. In it's fact, I like Taylor when she told the cameras to piss off. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk some <laughs> NBA, Dick, and the trade deadline is looming. Uh, any huge move sort of in the works? What, it's just a week or so away, isn't it? Yeah, you know, this is completely different than last year, guys. Um, Last year, we were talking at this time, and it looked like there was going to be a lot of moves. There was a lot of rumors out there. There's not a lot. I mean, you would think that potentially the Golden State Warriors could decide, you know what, this is this is not, you know, this is not our season. We're five games under 500. Let's try to strike where the iron is hot and get rid of some of our high price, high price talent and kind of rebuild around Steph Curry. You know, do we get rid of a Clay? Do we get rid of a Draymond? But, you know, there, there hasn't been a lot of chatter. And, and I think that's because there are so many teams that still feel like they're in it. There, there are 12 teams in the Western Conference legitimately still in it. And remember, the playoffs go all the way down to 10. So, you know, Golden State right now essentially is tied in the loss column for the ninth spot with the, with the L.A. Lakers. So nobody's out of it in that, in that top 12. And the same thing with it, – it's not quite as uh, – it's a little less deep in the in the uh, the Eastern Conference. Really, only nine teams are that good. I mean, somebody's got to get that tenth spot, and right now it would be the the Brooklyn Nets at nineteen and twenty seven. So you're going to have some pretty bad teams playing in those play in games at the beginning of the playoffs. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there will be a couple of trades. There always is, but I'm not sure if there is going to be anything blockbuster. Well, you mentioned the Brooklyn Nets there, Dick, and over here it's got some traction. I don't know over over in the States, but Ben Simmons' return was pretty good. 
So for us, yeah, we, were, and, we were happy. You know, it's it's funny because you, you want to see him. He's made so many mistakes in his past, and you you want to see him. Uh, you want to see Ben Simmons succeed, and and you know I want to see Ben Simmons succeed. I, I got I got nothing against him, and I think he is a I think he's a tr- tremendous talent, and you know he's putting up those you know near triple double numbers like we expect him to uh, to put up in this last game against Utah. He was five for five from the field. You know, ten points, eleven assists. I mean, that's. That's exactly what you need from Ben Simmons. So uh, hopefully he'll be a, a meaningful part of that rotation and you know help the Nets squeeze into one of those last playoff spots. Just looking at the championship market. So we've got Boston at $4, Denver 5 Milwaukee and the Clippers both at 7 Then you go to Philadelphia at 13 If you were having a bet today, who would you bet on to win the championship, Dick? Oh man, I I think right now with the with the coaching change, I I really like Doc Rivers. Um, I would assume that Doc Rivers is going to work in Milwaukee, and you know, there Boston should be the team. They should be favored. They should be the they should be the team. I don't believe in a team like Minnesota, even though I think they're really talented. It takes time in the NBA. We've seen this year after year after year. You have to go through your NBA playoff experiences before you make it all the way to the finals and win a championship. And the teams that have gone through those NBA fi- NBA playoff experiences are the Celtics, the Bucks, the 76ers and the Heat in the West in the Eastern Conference and the Nuggets in the West, the you know the Suns in the West, those are the teams the Mavericks in the West, those are the teams that have gone through the experiences of making it two or three rounds in the playoffs and not winning a championship, or in the Nuggets' case, getting all the way to the championship. Teams like the Thunder, teams like the, the Timberwolves, those are dangerous, dangerous young basketball teams, and I expect them to win a couple of rounds of the playoffs this year. I don't, I wouldn't put my money on them all the way. So stick with the, you know, stick with teams like, you know, the, the Celtics and the Bucks that, that have been there and lost and kind of taste, you know, know what it tastes like to, to lose in a finals or a conference finals. Dick, we'll get into some player props and uh, other bets next week ahead of the Super Bowl, which we'll be talking about a lot, of course, between now and Monday week, our time. Thanks so much. Sounds good. I've already spilled my beans on my side and the over-under, so i got to come up with some props for next week. (laughs) Great stuff. Thanks, mate. Dick Fane there. And, yes, this market is gravitating to San Francisco, which I'm with you, Loz. I'm, oh. I'm a bit surprised by that. So it's been a dollar eighty into a dollar seventy four. Kansas City two dollars out to two ten. So that line has moved half a point uh, from one and a half to a flat two with Tab San Francisco. The minus of In course. In a big game, you'd rather be on Mahomes and Purdy. Well, that's it. Aren't you? that's... You're just trusting him every day of the week, and I trust Kansas City's defense as yeah. well. So, well, two minutes to go. Kansas City, if they're behind. Oh, we've, he's got the ball. He's got, they've got the ball. <laughs> you, 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 you're still thinking they can win. Yes, you're thinking that 49ers can win, but the probability of Mahomes getting him across the line is higher than what you would expect with Purdy with the ball in his hand. They do have more superstars on that team overall, oh, though, the 49ers. Most but definitely, but they stop their running game. Everyone stopped their running game. Mm. And once you stop their running game, they tend to rely on Purdy. Although Purdy's running game last week got was them out very of trouble. Good. Uh, just on Ben Simmons as well, and he, he has become a punchline in the States, unfortunately. like They do roll their eyes over there, but it's great to see him back, as Loz mentioned. His first match yesterday since November 6, after a back injury, 10 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds, as Brooklyn beat Utah 147-114. And if he can string together three months of basketball now, 
Brian Gorgian would love that. And despite, you know, his indifference at times, etc. if he is up and going, we need him in Huge, Paris. Yeah. We absolutely need him. South Korea have beaten Saudi Arabia on penalties at the Asian Cup. So the Socceroos will meet South Korea in the quarterfinals. Uh, also, the other match overnight, and Uzbekistan beat Thailand 2-1 in their last 16 tie. Uh, the Aussies last night in the women's cricket against South Africa clinched the T20 series 2-1 with victory in Hobart. Uh, the Aussies won by five wickets with four balls remaining. South Africa posted seven for 162. Uh, Marazan Cap was the star with 75 or 48 deliveries. Uh, or the wickets shared amongst the, the Aussie bowlers, but it was Beth Mooney, the hero, 82 or 55 deliveries. Uh, she was uh, player of the match and uh, had support down the order from Ash Gardner, not out 26, steering us home, or 17 deliveries. So five for 163 off 19.2. So well done to the Aussie girls in that multi-format series against South Africa. Beth Mooney, star. Yep, has been for a long time. Never in doubt. Well, actually, you probably can't say that after West Indies beating Australia yeah. in the test match. You, there's always some doubt. Um, but, yeah, well done to the girls. There, there's been a bit of talk around, um, you know, are other teams catching this Australian well, they are. And Yeah, and you're allowed so to as should. well. That's exactly <laughs> right. The, the girls have been the standout for mm. years, and there's been quite a distance between them and, and just about every other country. So I think it's fair that... You know, they've been the target and everyone is getting a bit closer and they're allowed to lose some games. But they've also had transition with the new captain as well. Meg Lanning no longer playing for Australia. So that takes a bit of time. But, um, yeah, happy happy to see him win last night to, um, yeah, to, to get that series. And I, I still think this team's full of superstars. I think they're um, for anyone to write them off is would be a silly thing to do. So I think just be patient and uh, allow them to... Yeah, work their way through it. And, and again, pay your respects to other teams that you are, you are allowed to get better. You are allowed to learn from the pe- the, the standard, I guess. Uh, and we're seeing more often now these girls are playing together. Like the IPL, the women's IPL is creating a, a format. The women's BBL is creating a format that allows international players to, to come together and play with each other. So you learn a, a lot more about the player and what makes them so good. Big story eventuating in supercars over the last 24 hours. It's just over three weeks till the season starts with the Bathurst 500. Reigning champ Brody Kostecki could leave Erebus. Apparently, they're not seeing eye to eye. Uh, now, he's got one year left on his contract there. The team has already lost Will Brown to Triple Eight. He's replacing Shane Van Gisbergen over at Triple Eight. So, gee, some big names just uh, sort of going by the wayside at supercars. If this is indeed the case... Uh, and uh, there's even talk if they can't come to some sort of an agreement that you might have to sit out all of the 2024 season. He's uh, able to go and race in some NASCAR races this year. No uh, way. But, Surely uh, not, Mino. Surely this is just the the management v. the team pushing for, I don't know, more money, well, There's a lot going contract. on behind the scenes yeah, by the got sounds to be. of it. got to be. So that uh, was a big story developing there in supercars. The last thing supercars need. Starting at Bathurst, what do you reckon about starting at Bathurst? I reckon they should just keep it to have the Bathurst 1000, that's it. Make it, keep it sacred for that one event. Uh, Yeah, I can understand where you're coming from. Um, I'm probably thinking a bit like you. 
I, I like it as that event in October. What's their reason for starting? Uh, well, what, what they were they... hoping. I know. I think they were hoping to start at Newcastle, but they couldn't come to an agreement with the council there over yeah, that okay. event. So they had to go back to the world somewhere that's already established. Yeah, okay. Well, then you can understand. It's a venue. Hmm. Uh, now we've got the Dragons, fellas. Our season previews. And uh, yesterday, Loz did the Tigers. And we're doing it in, well, reverse ladder order from season 2023. So the St. George Illawarra Dragons for season 2024. Coming off a 2023 season where they finished 16th of 17. Five wins and 19 losses. Now with Tab. They're $81 to win the premiership, $34 to make the grand final, $126 to win the minor premiership, $13 to make the top four, $6 to make the eight. They're $1.09 to miss the top eight. In the most losses market, they're on the second line of betting only just. The Tigers, $3. The Dragons, $3.25. As far as some of their gains and losses are concerned, uh, they've got Corey Allen coming across from the Roosters. Tom Eisenhuth from the Melbourne Storm. They got Ray Fatala Mariner just a couple of days ago from the Bulldogs. Kyle Flanagan's come across from the Bulldogs as well. Hame Sele from the Bunnies amongst the losses. Billy Burns gone to the Sharks. Jaden Hunt, the Broncos. Josh Kerr, the Dolphins. Moses Embiid's gone over to St. Helens. Uh, Zay Musgrove's gone to Warrington. Jaden Sullivan to the Tigers. So... The Dragons, new coach Shane Flanagan, and what a job he has, Loz. This uh, is, well, I don't know if it's a rebuild. We can say it's a rebuild, but there's a lot of work to do. Uh, a lot of work. The thing about Shane Flanagan in the Dragons' favour, premiership winning coach, he's been there and done it before, and he's learned how to build a roster. And I think that's what the Dragons will need. I, I don't think they're going to have the success that a lot of Dragons supporters want them to have this year. I think they'll be competitive, but I just can't see them playing finals football. I think it'll take time. I think he's starting to reinvent this squad. He's starting to buy some players that have played uh, some first grade. He's moved on uh, a few players, like picking up Harme Sele, good player. Um, Tom Eisenhuth from the, the Storm, uh, a bit of a journeyman, but you know he's someone that's very established in the 17 there with Melbourne and uh, a guy that will have plenty of experience. Raymond Fatala Mariners played 100 games for the Dogs. Um, they did lose Corey Allen and Ronald Volkman to off-season signings. Uh, Corey Allen with an ACL and Volkman obviously with the shoulder. Oh. Um, <clears throat> oh, I think it's going to take time. There's a couple of things that they need to, to do well. And, and one is defensively they need to improve. They were ranked 15th in terms of points conceded last year and I think they've just got to be more aggressive um, you know they've got to work harder together uh, they need to get off their line put pl- p- uh, pressure on players carrying the football they need to cut down their time and space they've got to work better and be well connected on the edges their edges last year had a lot of trouble identifying plays that were thrown at them and making right decisions they didn't know whether to jam didn't know whether to stay out um, they've got to be better in contact which will then give them more time to work on the ground, uh, which then allows you to set your line and, and move forward aggressively and, and hit your target. So that's an area that I'm sure Shane is is, is working on. Um, ben Hunt has to stay healthy for mine, and it'll be interesting to see how Kyle Flanagan fits into the equation. Um, I did hear 
um, Shane talk about how Kyle will be possibly the dominant half play on the ball, which allows then Ben Hunt to free up his running game. Um, whereas Ben in the past has always had to do the organising, the running, anything good for the Dragons was Ben Hunt. So they're looking to take a little bit of pressure off him. Um, I still don't know whether they've got the depth in their squad. If they get a couple of injuries, that'd be my concern. Um, I was thinking more possibly playing Jack Bird as a six and having Kyle as that utility off the bench so he could play as a, a nine if he needed to. He could come on as a half if needed to and then push Jack Bird around. You know, But I suppose Jack Bird, he, he's been a utility now for the last couple of years and they want to settle him into a into a spot. So whether that's in the centres or, or back row, we're about to find out when the trials start. But I think Ben Hunt is the key for the Dragons this year. They've got strike in their back line. They definitely have strike. Uh, Sloan, Lomax, uh, Hunt, uh, Moses Suley. So you've got Sloan with his silky skills and his speed. You've got Lomax with his footwork and, and strength. Um, Suley with his power. Um, and, and Hunt, obviously, with his running game. So they have got the ability to to score points if they all bring their, their best assets to the, to the contest. Um, but defensively, that's the area they have to improve. Now, they had five wins last year. I think they can win more than that this year. So I'm having them at around a bit like the Tigers. Uh, I think six to eight, but I'll possibly throw the Dragons one or two wins more. So six to ten wins. Okay. Uh, Zach Lomax. I mean, it seems to be a lot up for grabs as far as, you know, the positions are concerned mm. because he wants to try Zach Lomax at fullback. Shane Flanagan. So, like you say, Loz, we'll find out more in the trials. But it's no fate complete that Tyrell Sloan is, has the one jersey heading into round one. No, it? but they were talking about interchanging them between winger and fullback. And he, I, I read a comment where he said he did it um, at the at the Sharks with Barber, Barber and, yeah. and uh, Val Holmes. Mm. So, you know, it, that might be something that they, they try in the, in the pre-season trials. Um, but Zach... As a centre, when he gets the ball, sometimes he tries to be too creative. He's got to be more selective with that pass because he has got the skill. And he's such a big bloke too. You know, he's got speed and he's got a good step and he's got all the talent in the world, but he just needs to be a bit more consistent with his football and a bit more selective with the the pass that he, that he does possess. So, as I said, I think they've got strike in them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what type of outfit they come up with and, you know, whether Bird plays six, whether he plays in the centres, whether he plays in the back row. What are they going to do with Lomax? Are they going to put him at fullback? Uh, Sloan, is he going to be a winger? Or is he going to be a play exclusively as fullback? So there's a lot of question marks still about how they'll line up. But I'm interested to see. And I'll, I think a lot of people want to see the Dragons do well because there's a, they're a big club. Huge club. You know? and, and their opening month of football... You know, they should be aiming for at least a couple of wins. They've got the Titans, they've got the Dolphins, they've got the Cowboys, and they've got Manly. So all those sides last year didn't play finals football. Mm. So that's a that's a good opening month if you're a Dragons. I mean, you can't afford injuries. Well, you can't. They, they haven't got the depth. And I they're going to lose Ben Hunt through origin, which is going to yeah. hurt a big time. The, the only other 
thing with, with, with the Dragons is that they've got a lot of young guys, and I don't know a mm. lot of these young guys. So it's like with youth, sometimes you give them an opportunity and they just surprise you because you haven't heard of them. But internally, internally, they might have higher expectations of these young guys coming through, applying the pressure of some of those senior players and forcing their way into the squad. But unless, you, unless I see them, I, I can't give you a good indication of of how they're going to go. And just in the last 24 hours too, it's been reported that they're on the verge of getting Christian Tuipilotu from the Sea Eagles as well. That's all to be confirmed. But Loz says six to ten wins, maybe one or two more than your Tigers for the Dragons. Don't know if they've got enough there that excites you though, do they, Clarky? As far as making, ma- making dramatic improvement oh. this season. But, well, this but a new thing. coach so, brings someone's, a lot. Someone's got to finish last and someone's got to finish second last. That's why I, I, I look forward to seeing who Loz has got as his wooden spoon or his bottom two or three teams or the teams that don't improve and go backwards. But I, I, again, when you look at that starting lineup, it, it probably is stronger than the Tigers my concern with the dragons is injuries if they have if they have any injuries i think that's going to hurt them big time like the tigers but i think they you know ben hunter's been a standout for years now at the dragons well if and, he gets injured they're stuffed well if he gets injured or you know you're going to lose him through origin mm. so that's going to hurt him big time as well so I, I i guess for me that makes the start of the season even more important for for a team like the Dragons. Just uh, some of your feedback on our Dragons preview. Geez, there is an O missing on the end of the Dragons prize for winning the comp. It's a squad of 29 reserve graders and a bloke who doesn't want to be there. Good on you, Nelly from Noosa, sending that one through. Um, <laughs> good on you, Daly. Now that you've picked the Saints to come nowhere in the comp, that's where we wanted to know, <laughs> uh, wanted to know they will be up near the top. Uh, you might have to check your texting there. Oh, and he says, you have a big nose and still can't pick it. Oh, thanks, no name to that thanks. one. Tell me something that I don't know. <laughs> Tell me good to see nothing has changed know. in the last six weeks. I didn't get it wrong last year. Put your name to it, pal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the thing for me, oh, it hurts. If, if Ben Hunt gets injured though, Loz, oh, they are in Serious. Like, uh, you can think about a number of teams. You lose your best player. But I think for the Dragons, he's he's actually – it's like Turbo for Manly. He's probably bigger for Manly than Turbo is uh, – he's bigger for the Dragons than Turbo is for Manly. Like, he's that significant. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think looking at their squad, they can't afford too many injuries. Yeah. I, I think their 1-17 their is, is okay. Yeah. Um, but starting to get into that depth, I'd be, I'd be worrying if I had too many injuries if I was a Dragon supporter. That's only my opinion. I could be completely wrong. The factor says, morning, boys. If Kyle Flanagan is the Dragons' hope as a dominant half, then they are busted. Hasn't broken the line since under-18s. Brutal. Brutal from the factor. Uh, and randomly, hey, guys, would love if you could give a shout-out to my dad, Andrew, for his 62nd birthday today. He's a massive fan of the show. Good on you, Todd. Todd's dad, Andrew, happy 62nd birthday to you. Uh, Adam Pengilly, good morning to you, mate. How are you? Morning, Mido. Morning, boys. There's no team like the Dragons that brings out all the vitriol and the touchline, is there? Like, <laughs> they just come from everywhere, don't they? Do you they? like them, Pengilly? Do you like them? What's your expectation? Uh, yeah, expectation is very low this year, Loz, to be fair. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a tough year. And what, what did you say? They won five games last year, did you say, yep. Mido? Five, five, five games? Yeah. 
Mm. Listen, I think they'll be doing well to get to seven, maybe eight this year. Um, but they've, they've just got to this will be more competitive on a, on a weekly basis. That's that's the main thing I've got to worry about this year. And Flan, uh, Shane Flanagan's got to coach the absolute bejesus out of him and get every little last ounce out of him he can. And they've just got to hopefully try and improve that roster for 2025. And, and, and probably more importantly, get some kids coming through the system that can really you know, be regular first graders in two or three years' time. That's going to be the key to the Dragons. Like we, we know the player agent market, is, it's, tough to, it's tough to work at the moment. It's hard to get marquees into your club. They've got to just do something with that nursery down there and start being a little bit more like Penrith, I suppose. Well, that's the thing, Adam. For someone that doesn't follow the Dragons as closely as a lot of others, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I haven't seen a lot of their young guys. So no. it, it, you just never know what will jump out. You know, sometimes you might have two or three young players just jump out in the one season. And if that happens, that can build confidence in a squad and away you go, you're up and, you're up and running. But I, mm. I think you're right. I think they need to get a couple of young guys out of their system that's going to be long-term players for the Dragons for them to hopefully have this rebuild and have a period of time in the next two or three years where they're going to have success. Mm. Uh, okay, I see Very Elegant is uh, going to have the Chipping Norton Stakes named after her. Yeah, I like this, Mido. What do you think? I think uh, a... I, I, when I think Chipping Norton, I think Tie the Knot. Perfectly honest, to be perfectly yeah, honest. It's sure. probably a fair call. Mm. Probably a fair call. But uh, but I love the I... fact that we name races after our you know, retired champions. I, I think more yeah. Group 1 races should be named after retired champions, without a yeah. doubt. And I would like to see a couple of changes in particular. Like Farlack, like arguably the greatest horse yeah, that ever lived in two. Australia. He's only got a Group 2 named after him. <laughs> so I would love to see a change there with a Group 1 named after him. But I've, I've got no issues with Very Elegant having the Chipping Norton named after her. She she was a mighty racehorse. And I still think in a lot of respects was fairly underrated. But when you consider what she could do, she could win first up over 1,400 metres at weight for age and then go on to win a Melbourne Cup over two miles in a handicap at the end of a campaign. That's just how versatile she was. And what was it, 11 Group 1 she won throughout her career? And I do take your point. When you think about the Chipping Norton Stakes, a lot of people will associate that race with Tyler Knot. But I think the Australian Turf Club have been really proactive with this. They've obviously named the, renamed the Warwick Stakes after, after Winks a couple of years ago. Now they've renamed the Chipping Norton Stakes after Very Elegant. I think it's a, I think it's a really nice move. Mm. I'm just reading here. Queensland jockey Ben Thompson has got an opportunity over in Hong Kong. Great news, Loz. Fantastic for Ben and his family. He's going to take up a short-term riding stint over there in Hong Kong for a couple of months, ending in um, start of April. So that's a really big opportunity for him. He's ridden previously overseas in Singapore, so he's no stranger to riding. How does to riding. it work? Do you get invited? Yeah, you, you, you have to get invited pretty much, Loz. You, you can, I suppose, put the feelers out to some extent, but uh, the, the way the Hong Kong Jockey Club works, they pretty much control everything. They, you need, pretty much need to be invited by them to, to apply and, and, and be part of that roster. And we, we've spoken about it a fair bit the last 12 months. Like That jockey roster over in Hong Kong has been changing a fair bit lately, and there's opportunities being opened up for some Australian jockeys who might not ordinarily get it. And Ben's probably, to be fair to him, one of those guys. So... Great experience for him. He can dip his toe in the water over there for a couple of months. Let's hope he can have some success and, and ride a few winners. And who knows where it might lead to in the future. Matt Damon, race one, number one at the Kenzo today. <laughs> in the ownership, I saw it's been quite well backed as well. Uh, let me check what price it is now. Now, it's still $6. So this went up $16. Dale, train uh, there by Paul Massar and Leah Gavrinich. So Tim Clark set to ride. 
and uh, apparently the Hollywood superstar will be watching. I couldn't believe this, Mido. I didn't know I have any clue at all that he had any interest in racing. I know he's been snapped in the in the marquee. He's probably next to Clarkey down there previously um, during the <laughs> Melbourne Cup Carnival. But he, he's obviously got a quite keen interest because he's bought into this horse, this Colt, who I, I admit has trialled pretty well, to be fair. A couple of country trials winning its last trial. So I think it'll be competitive. But what a great sort of, I suppose, cross-promotion for the racing industry. of someone of his star power involved with the sport. So... Let's hope the horse runs well today. If he wins, well, then yeah, it's going to be some more great promotion. And uh, let's hope Paul and Leah can have a really kickstart his career on a really good note on the Kenzo today. What do you like there today, mate? Uh, race six, number seven, Smart Legend, the best bet on the program for me, Mido. A horse I caught my eye at the trial. I've only had one soft trial so far this preparation. I thought it was a really nice trial. I think Les Bridge has got him wound up, ready to go first up. And he was a winner first up last preparation. I just think he finds a really nice race and still got plenty of room to move with his ratings. So race six, number seven, uh, that is smart legend, the best bet on the program on the Kenzo today. Okay, I'll read some Dragons texts for you here. I'm from the gong and there's nothing I love more than the Dragons losing. How many kids from their nursery can you see at other clubs killing it? E.g. Ruben Garrick, up, up Cronulla, no name to that one. Uh, morning, boys. I like Flenno. I think he's just what the Dragons need. I'm down the gong. There's a buzz uh, from Dragons fans, they'll improve, but we'll fall just short of the eight Roosters boys specials this year. That's from Rocket Adapto. Uh, hi, guys. Dragon fan here. I'm getting on the Dean Bulldog Richie bandwagon who tripped the, tipped the Dragons to make the eight. Oh, who am I kidding? Bulldog, as Eddie Jones said, give yourself an uppercut. Uh, go, Dragons. That's from Chris. And there's a question for you here in regards to Cody Ramsey. Can you ask Adam if he knows how Cody Ramsey's travelling? Uh, Brad from Helensburg. Sending yeah. that one through. Yeah, he's, he's struggling, Mido. There's there's pretty mm. much no chance of him playing any rugby league this year, and his career is in, in serious oh, doubt. I, that's, I, I did report on good. it last year. The the Dragons did make a, a a really, really nice move, I thought. What they've done is they've agreed to split. This year was the last year of his contract, boys. He, he, 2024 was the last year of his contract. They've basically handed him a contract extension to the end of 2025, but what they've done is they've split his payments for 2024 over the course of two years just to give him every single chance to try and get better to hopefully play rugby league again in the future. They know there's pretty much little chance of him playing again this year, um, and there's probably little chance of him playing rugby league again full stop. But they want to give him every opportunity. They don't want to rush him. And that would have been another mental stress, obviously, to, to know that your contract's running out this year and your health's not really improving. He has had... I don't know the exact number, but he's had a number of surgeries over the last six to 12 months to try and get better. He's lost a lot, a lot of weight, I've been told. So we just wish him all the best. Um, his health's got to be absolute first and foremost priority, not worry about rugby league. But I wouldn't be holding my breath for him to be playing any rugby league in the next 12 to 18 months. Okay, mate. You have a good day. See you, boys.